is loose. Touchdown, Elks. Trade forward into the end zone. Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates. Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Well, I'm very excited. We had a news story during our newscast in which the reporter used the word boorish. If you ever listen to this program, you know I get excited about uh, nice use of language. Boorish, fun to say, and definitely an underused word. Hopefully, though, this will not be an overly boorish edition of Inside Sports, nor a boring edition of Inside Sports. I can tell you what's going on in the National Hockey League tonight. Senators lead the Capitals 5-1. That's in the second intermission. Red Wings up 4-1 on the Penguins. That's late in the second period. Baseball playoffs, the Houston Astros leading the Texas Rangers 5-0 in the top of the fourth. Oilers tomorrow at Philadelphia. 4 o'clock for the face-off show game at 5.30 here on 6.30, Chad. On Saturday, the Elks play in Winnipeg. That game's on Kiss and Country 103.9, and the Oilers' home game against the Jets will be here on 6.30, Chad. Uh, my, I, I got a buddy who watches a lot of baseball. I, I've referenced this friend before, I think, on this show. Uh, he likes Formula One. He loves the NFL, and he, uh, he still watches a fair bit of baseball. He is a lifelong, well, he grew up in Leduc. He's, he's in his 50s. He's, uh, he grew up in Leduc. He's lived in Edmonton pretty much all his adult life. We met working at Blockbuster almost 30 years ago. I bet you he would struggle to name six members of the Edmonton Oilers. He's just, he's just not a hockey fan. But I'm sorry, Jeff, I know you're appalled. Uh, I am a little disappointed in that news. Like, you live that close here in Leduc, the home of the Burger Baron, but you don't know your Oilers? He, he probably, to be fair, he could probably name more than six players, uh, but he's just not overly invested in hockey in the NHL. Um, but he likes baseball, and he was texting me just a little while ago some very nasty things about Jose Altuve, things that he hopes happen to happen to Jose Altuve. And I was like, dude, like... And he's all back to the cheating scandal. He's like, go bang a trash can, you cheating blankety blank, blank, blank. I was going to ask if they were all radio-friendly things that he's texting at you there. I don't know even if we could say them after 11. We we certainly can't say them at at 7.08. I don't know. Like The Astros cheated. They got in trouble. They got the championship. I feel like maybe I am. I, am I a bad person because I'm not more upset about it? I don't know. Maybe because it's baseball, which I enjoy, but I'm not as invested in as other sports that I watch. I'm not going to say you're a bad person for that. I'll be honest with you. You know, like when it comes to baseball, read like I like all sports. I'll watch all sports. I have no problem watching them. But baseball is probably the one for me that, uh, you know, I'm kind of on the fence about. And it comes from, you know, teams kind of cheating and winning things. And nobody really seems to care well, like they care but they don't well they i mean the the a lot of teams steal signs but the the astros did it electronically and had uh, quite a system I was, I was actually watching a video on this the other day and they had the trash can banging and they also had a series of whistles to tip off pitches so they were naughty but according to my buddy it's all jose atuve's fault he is the incarnation of evil 
evil incarnate. I don't know if I use that properly. I might be boorish by not using that word properly. But anyway, so I got that text from my buddy. Uh, Astros are up 5-0 on the Rangers tonight. You can get in touch, 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Here's like I want to put out a question for fun. Uh, it's not really an off-topic topic. I guess it's last night's topic. We, we Rob and I talked about it a little bit after the game. Bob brought up how late in his show it was the first time they talked about McDavid's goal and if you heard Jack Michaels on the broadcast the television broadcast last night he was over the moon about the goal my colleague Rob Brown was kind of like okay like it looked cool but he scored more difficult goals that maybe aren't as eye-popping um, but require more skill or you're beating more players. I mean, certainly, and I'm going to ask Luke Gazdick about it later on, so we'll get Luke's perspective, who was a teammate of McDavid's uh, early in McDavid's career. So here's what people can text into 780-496-0063. McDavid's goal last night, impressive or accidental? <laughs> Uh, can I take a shot at that one here quick, Reed? Um, you know, even though like I'm kind of new to the show and I'm going to anger a whole bunch of people here by saying this, I didn't think it was that spectacular of a goal. The defenseman missed the puck on his play. Connor, yeah, okay, he's on his knees, he's spinning around, and he scores the goal. I get it. Uh, but I've heard people say, oh, it's the goal of the year. No, and it's, it's no, like... I would, I would, no, I would. It's... He has scored, I mean, even his high short side goals, and Rob said this last night, that requires more skill. Of course, that is not easy what he did last night. And you have to be a very good hockey player to get up and do that. But I think if I were to rank McDavid's, I don't know if I'd have that one even in the top 30. I was going to say, I wouldn't have it in the top 50, Reed. Yeah. Right? He's just scored too many great goals. Like, it looked good. I get why there's so much excitement from it. Degree, it. There was a degree of spectacle to it, but it doesn't mean it was spectacular. I'm going to annoy, I like I'm going to annoy some language like experts that. by that. Something can be a spectacle and not be spectacular. I don't know if that's actually possible, but I'm going to throw it out there tonight. All right. I'll tell you what is going to be a spectacle. So what did I say? Impressive or accidental? Yeah. I'm going to say accidental. Okay. Or you can type in spectacle or spectacular, I guess. Uh, the Heritage Classic at Commonwealth Stadium, if, if, if you've not been on the Oilers' website today, check out the story that Jamie Umbaugh wrote. Um, they, there's a rendering of how the stadium is going to look, so how the how the, uh, the uh, ice surface will look with the big Heritage Classic logo at center ice, a giant Oilers player, a giant Flames player, a logo for the 20th anniversary of the 03 Heritage Classic. It'll say Battle of Alberta off to the left, a huge oil derrick off to the left, so that would be toward the north ends zone at Commonwealth Stadium. It'll say Oilers and Flames along the sideline of where the Elks bench is. So that's really cool. And they are setting it up. And I was there today where basically when I was there around, when was it, one-ish this afternoon, they're putting down the surface to cover up the football field. And it's not even all covered yet, but you can see things starting to happen. The speaker, by the way, is wrapped. Uh, the, the, the speaker is wrapped in a Heritage Classic logo. So that's pretty neat. And uh, I was able to catch up with uh, Oilers legend Kevin Lowe. Well, it's neat seeing this uh, basically a week and a half before the game. Probably, you know, three. I mean, you're pretty busy. You probably didn't see much till it was almost finished, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, came over and had a couple of tours with uh, Patrick LaForge and Alan Watt, Nick Wilson, Stu McDonald. That was basically the group back then. Uh, I mean, it was those guys were just uh, night and day preparing. Of course, the NHL runs things now, and they've got a massive crew. 
there was a lot at stake. You know, our reputation as uh, as a hockey organization, uh, the city, uh, some respects, the province was all on the line, and uh, 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 safe to say uh, we pulled it off. So when you look back, like. Who really believed in it? I mean, I know I've talked to Patrick about it, but who really was saying like, no, no, like this, this, this will work. Don't, don't brush this aside. Well, that group of guys uh, I mentioned, um, you know, uh, Alan Watt for sure, and uh, and Patrick uh, and Cal Nichols, uh, you know, coming home from from an event uh, that they thought was a little subpar and figured, uh, you know, we could do it better. And, uh, you know, there was, you know, in fairness to the whole situation, uh, I think Michigan and Michigan State had played uh, a, a year or two before uh, on the open ice. Uh, uh, I think they played at Michigan on the football field, and it was like, okay, well, you know, why can't we do that? And uh, it, 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 it took a little convincing, no question. Uh, the league was, um, you know, unsure about it. Uh, we were dog-determined... Uh, uh, to do it, um, we talked to the players. Uh, the players, uh, it was an easy decision for them, um, you know, to, to to be the first ever in the history of the NHL to play a game outdoors. And then, of course, uh, talked to Wayne, and Wayne talked to Guy Lafleur. And with those two guys leading up the alumni, it was uh, that was a slam dunk. So uh, I don't want to say it came together easy, but uh, you know, when you have key people really. Uh, Excited and, and confident that something's going to work, uh, things get done. Yeah, no one's saying no to those guys, I guess, if, they, if, they, if they're having a game. I want to ask you, because next week's going to be fun, because there is the Hall of Fame game as well, which uh, I think is great. You guys are doing this to, to honor players who aren't in the, in the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I want to ask you about each guy. I mean, I'll start, with, uh, I'll start with Charlie, and maybe for players who didn't see that era, or sorry, for fans who didn't see him in that era, they look back and you're like, those are his stats. I mean, he was sort of overshadowed by all these high-powered guys, but he did a lot himself. Yeah, twenty-goal scorer as a defenseman. I yeah. mean, what would that be worth today? And and, and a stellar defensive defenseman as well. Uh, yeah, Charlie was a was a special player, special guy. Uh, again, all of us are uh, who, who played with him are so happy for him because he's so deserving. It deserving. I mean, that's how you win five championships in seven years. You have guys that like Charlie Huddy and and others who um, you know are, are definitely down the totem pole from the from the stars, but uh, know how to win, know how to play at a level high level, know how to play you know with good players. And and uh, in Charlie's case. Uh, Really had a you know an amazing tandem with Paul Coffey. Uh, Charlie was stuck on his own quite often, and uh, <laughs> and, and uh, Coff will laugh at that. But uh, they were a great pair, and and you know for a guy that uh, wasn't even drafted uh, to to play as many years and win as many championships, uh, and uh, you know then then likewise go on. And, and have so many years in coaching. And I, I use uh, Jacques Laperriere and Larry Robinson as examples, uh, very similar to Charlie, like, you know, uh, brilliant hockey players that want to have great careers as coaches, uh, not head coaches, uh, I mean, um, uh, but, uh, you know, coach for many years because of, you know, because they're smarts in the game. Doug Waite played on teams that were an underdog. Uh, one thing I remember about Doug, I mean, we know he got points, but I, I just always thought he was... We, he needed to be feisty. Like if there was a scrum, he wasn't one of the skilled guys. Oh, somebody else will handle. I mean, he was. I remember him being right in there all the time. I talked to Dougie and I said, uh, I said to him, 
um, you know, quite honestly, in the from that era, players, he's one of the few guys that could play on the you know, on the Oilers '80s teams. I said he maybe had to start on the third or fourth line, but he probably would have worked his way up to the second line. But I, you're absolutely right. The thing is, you know, Dougie was a highly skilled player, but he could play any game. Uh, I think of those series against uh, Dallas. Uh, you know, he'd go. You know, he 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 was. He, you couldn't intimidate him, and, and he could dish out as much as he was getting. So, uh, really, you know, I saw him. In in in, in um, New York uh, for a brief time when I got traded to the Rangers and of course he got traded at the trade deadline that year for for Essatikin and 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 then to go full circle and come back and play with him and then to coach him, manage him and then as he said trade him. Uh, I had the full gamut with Dougie and and uh, but he was a great player and uh, really really fitting that uh, he's going in with Charlie Huddy. It's going to be fun and not to look past the games uh, between now and then, but the uh, Hall of Fame game against the Rangers on Thursday, Heritage Classic against the Flames at Commonwealth next Sunday. Good chatting with Kevin Lowe today at the football field. We will go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Tony on the line. Tony, what's up? Hey, man. I actually called last night, but I didn't realize my mic yeah, was muted. Where were you? We were trying to talk to you. My mic was muted. I didn't realize that because I had because he said it was going to take a while. So it's okay. It's okay. Um, so I have a question for you, and I want your opinion on this because everybody's been giving Kane heck. They're like, oh, he's not the same player. Oh, he's turning out to be like Cassian, all this kind of stuff. I'm like thinking, you guys can't expect him to be a 100-point player. Yeah, he's playing with McDavid, but you know what? When it comes down to he joined the team to be more – like he joined the team because he's physical – you know, he's going to stick up for his players when he wants to. The one thing I've been wondering is, Fogel jumped up to the second or second line last night, right? And everybody knows that McDavid and Drysdale have this chemistry that is unmatched, but we're more dangerous when McDavid can manage his own line and Drysdale can manage his own line. If I don't know what position exactly. I don't know if he's a left wing or right wing, but what would you think of a line? Because he's fast and he's tenacious of a Kane, McDavid, and Holloway line? Uh, well, I mean, I think with line combinations, I'm open to almost anything. I don't think they're quite ready to put Holloway in the top six quite yet. Hopefully he's there someday. I, I do it now. It's only three games. I, I would say Kane's first three games have been a, a little bit underwhelming, but yeah, it's, it's, it's early. I mean, again, I wouldn't say no to any line. I think right now they want to see Holloway on a third-line role and not put too much responsibility on him quite yet. And, like, with Kane, like, I understand people are getting upset with him and everything like that because of what he's done, like, what he hasn't done so far. But people have also got to remember that he's still recovering from a serious possible career-ending injury. Oh, sure. Yeah, I don't don't get the sense people are upset with him. I just just get the sense that... uh, he, like a lot of other players, especially through the first two games, were, were a little underwhelming for sure. Tony, thanks, buddy. <laughs> that is Tony, 780-496-0063. Luke Gazdick will join us a little bit later on. He's going to be presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. A lot of special events around the Heritage Classic. Stu Ballantyne will touch on those and uh, will uh, update the poll on McDavid's goal when we get back to Inside Sports. home for all the news and expert opinion inside sports with reed wilkins on 6 30 chad
All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers and Flyers tomorrow on 6.30. Chad, face-off show at 4. Oilers now will be at 2.30. Uh, I'm doing that show uh, for Bob tomorrow and the game at 5.30. 780-496-0063. Jeff Walker on the uh, other side of the window in the control room tonight. And so when we put out topics like this, we have no idea the response we're going to get. Sometimes we get a lot. Sometimes we have put out questions and we have literally had no responses and we move on. But just for fun, McDavid's goal, what were the options I gave? Uh, it was either impressive or accidental. Impressive or accidental. I guess it could be both. A little I bit think of it both, maybe, maybe was yeah. a little bit of both, but if you had to pick one. Well, so far, Reed, uh, we have uh, a couple people chiming in. We've got four people saying it's impressive. And uh, we had one person text in here saying McDavid's goal is more likely to end up on Steve's dang than in his hat picks, which I don't know what that means. So I'm putting him down as an accidental. <laughs> on, on what did he say? I, I'm not sure. It's it, McDavid's goal is more likely to end up on Steve's dang. It's then his hat picks. I think there's some, uh, some autocorrect oh, in there the somewhere. Steve Dangle guy, maybe? Oh, that could be. That could be, yeah. Steve's Dangits, I think, is something he does. Ah, uh, that could so be, yeah. So he did autocorrect to something else? or Anyway, I think it's Steve's Dangits. You know what? I think that's what it is. So, so you know what? Be, I'm the would, one. I'd had the accident there. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be a vote for accidental. <laughs> I, I guess, if you're saying it winds up basically on a blooper reel from a Nashville perspective. I mean, McDavid still made a really good play. And I'm not saying that everybody in the league could make that play. I'm just saying in his pantheon of spectacular goals, uh, that one would not be higher up for me. And I'm with you. Like I said, you know, the, the defenseman needed to make the play there. If he would have made the play the way he should have, that goal doesn't happen. But you know what? Connor still has to score the goal, and it still looked good, I guess. So Yeah, still a great right? shot. And, yeah. and yes, re- regaining his balance and going in with that amount of speed, of course, that's it's still an elite play. I'm just saying, like, his one of his favorite goals of mine would be the one against uh, – the Rangers on the Kevin Lowe night from a couple of years from a few years ago. Absolute beauty. When Barry passed him the puck and he goes through the entire Rangers team and scores, and that was to tie the game, you know, not to make a three nothing game four nothing in the first period, and then they won in overtime. So I, I guess I factor in the the magnitude of the moment as well. And you know, game three of the season in what turned into a six one win, it wasn't exactly as as tide-turning or season-changing or game-changing game as others might have been. I guess if you wanted to make it impressive, it's impressive that he can see the situation and react to it that quickly. And I think that that's yeah, so what it is with Connor. Like it, that, That's where it's, it's impressive for me, even though it was accidental. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a goal most players still couldn't score. But, again, in, his, in all of the goals he has ever scored, I, I, I don't think I'd put that one in the, again. Top 30, top 50, just off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and rewatch all of his goals. But what's harder, doing that or scoring a couple of the sharp angle goals he's scored up high over the goalie's shoulder or banking it off his mask or his name bar? And then certainly the goals where he just beats multiple players to the net and scores, that's more difficult as well. Okay, here's what we're going to do. we got to do the news and weather. We will uh, get to Stu Ballantyne to talk a little bit more about the setup for the Heritage Classic and things that are, that are going on that week. And Luke Gazdick will weigh in on McDavid's goal as well. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. 
Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.